The head doctor of mental health. What is that? Head doctor of mental health was someone like get into their own. But it's I can't believe I'm in gratitude, Ronnie. I, mm -hmm. I, I live. I'm so grateful to be alive and made through. I don't even have bad days. I have bad moments and then I turn around. Crack took me there. It, it took my soul. It took my family. It, it took me places I never would have yeah, gone. has given me rushes or just filled me up with some type of like feeling has always been a thing. I'm addicted to more, you know? I have a disease of more. That's when I overdosed when I was 16. When, and they're going, here, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Oh, fresh meat, fresh meat. Baby, yeah. come get myself. Come get myself. Yeah, I'm going to teach you today, bitch. You know, and, it, and they yelled like that 24 hours a day. The pills, they paid my bills for it. For a long time. She was popular on the first. I would have been at your door and calling your phone real quick. It doesn't take a lot of money to make your kids happy. They just want you. They just want you. Yo, you sober now? Oh my God. You better kill yeah, you're right. We don't do no more drugs and no more alcohol. Tell me something. Oh, I'm with very beautiful, inspiring, special guest. Now, I've known her since, what, like two years already, right? For a hot it's, minute. It's been 16 months. 16 months. We, we've 16 been months. eye to eye seeing each other. And it's been yeah. a crazy journey, like, becoming friends with you and honestly just watching you grow. I have our very special guest, Meredith. Oh, what has your day consisted of today? Today, my day has consisted of... Well, I babysat last night until four in the morning, so um, with my brand new grandbaby that is the light of my life, and so I slept a little late, got up, did my devotion, my daily devotion, which I do not even leave my bed before I do it, it's literally in my bed, um, start my day off with God, some energy, some coffee, some, um, some good bipolar medication, keep me straightened out, um, then I'm I got the opportunity to go shopping with my mom. And That's a miracle thing. It's, that is a miracle in itself. That is a miracle that even that I even have a family that still talks to me. Yeah, I was I was out there for thirty four years. That's a long time. Thirty four years. Thirty four years. Out there doing the thing and and out the addiction, right? Out there doing the thing. Started drinking when I was eleven, and um, spent most of it doing cocaine. Okay. So it, it to me it's just in, incredible seeing you now because I can't imagine like I'm telling you like I've, I have been watching you for such a long time and I don't know if you're able to notice your your glow you know you've had a glow since the beginning right but like now it seems so like effortless and it's um it's just a beautiful thing being able to watch someone like get into their own. But it's because I live in gratitude, Ronnie. I, mm -hmm. I, I live, I'm so grateful to be alive. I'm so grateful for everything that I have. You know, that I don't even have bad days anymore. I have bad moments. But compared to the days I've had, and compared to the bad days that I've experienced and made through, I don't even have bad days. I have bad moments, and then I turn around. And because I'm so grateful, I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful that I have a refrigerator, a bed. You know, I literally am one of those. I was your under the bridge junkie. You know, I was one of those that was 
you know, I just didn't have a tent because I didn't have time to sit down and lay down nowhere. I was too busy staying up, you know, getting that hustling, you know, always hustling, always running the streets. And I always had a hustle. The pills were my hustle. I was the pill lady. Yes. I sure would. I would have liked you, girl. I would have been on your phone every day talking about, can you front me a pill or two, girl? I would have had you. Like, I had, you know, like, I was just one of those, and I did business well. I like, and I would trade them out for my drug of choice, which was crack and ended up being heroin. And that, it was anything. Anything I could get high off of at the end when it was really bad, but crack is what took me there. Crack was, crack took me there. It, it took my soul. It took my family. It it took me places I never would have gone. And, and if I had I not smoked crack, I obviously probably would not be sitting somewhere with a needle in my arm. Um, and with I felt like with stimulants, I watched myself die. With heroin, I just died. Um, you know, like I sat back when I was doing meth and, and I mean, and I stayed up probably five years out of 15, you know what I mean? I, I never slept. People would be like, do you ever sleep? No, it's not, not impossible. And when I fell out, my body would give out, but you know, and then I found heroin and I did that and they kept me alive with chest compressions. Um, and I just didn't make it like. I've experienced so many of those I almost didn't make it when God still had his hand on me when I didn't have a hand on him and I had so many I mean I've been robbed like at gunpoint with big guns big shit guns and um, you know I've been raped at gunpoint more than one time you know I've had all these things that I shouldn't even be here for and ODs you know, that wasn't my first OD. I was 16. I OD'd OD, OD on cocaine. So, I mean, like, and people said, well, you don't look like a crackhead. <laughs> when I went back home with my daughter, they told my, they told my daughter, they were like, your mom was the prettiest crackhead we ever met. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. No, I can't have to laugh to that. That's, no, you, you're beautiful. You're absolutely stunning i love your hair your energy is just so magnetic and like to think you know that you were out there for 34 years so you mentioned that you started drinking at 11 right 11 and the first time i tried it i knew i had arrived i knew that was what was up but my first i feel like my first addiction started with stealing when i was eight and i started stealing and i got that rush and i was like oh i like this and I, I, I mean, and, and actually stealing, I had to work the 12 steps for stealing. I couldn't even go through self-checkout. I go through self-checkout, and it is a trigger. <laughs> and I'm, bad, like, yeah. I'm like, okay, I got to scan it, scan it. You know, like, it's hard because I, I stole for so long, and I wouldn't steal from people. That's why on the streets, I was allowed in most houses people were allowed in, you know, because I didn't take from people. Um, I was good to people. And... But I, I was still from a store in about 2.56 flat. I mean, I stole everything. Didn't care. I was like, they got insurance. Doesn't matter. And then, you know. <laughs> that's that just fun. They good. They gonna be aight. They I used to do stuff like that. They gonna be aight, girl. <laughs> they, they they don't need this. <laughs> you know what? I realized because you know, 
like I'm like you, right? Like anything that has given me rushes or just filled me up with some type of like feeling has always been a thing for me. So it's crazy that you say that. Like even recently now, uh, like I noticed, <laughs> I guess I didn't realize that. <laughs> It's kind of embarrassing to say, but like sometimes like I will take stuff from the grocery store. Like we'll be like dry. I know it's so bad. Uh, my partner brought it up to me. He's like, you really act like you didn't see the whole case of water bottles down there. <laughs> I'm like, I really didn't. I really didn't. But then I was like thinking, I'm like, did I? Did like, I really see that? I was like, maybe it's like a rush. <laughs> It is a rush, you know, it's like, I got away with it. But like, like you, like, I've, I've always been addicted to something. I'm addicted to more, you know. I have a disease of more. I, I want more. Um, more feeling or no feeling, you know. Um, but I want more no feeling. Yes, <laughs> exactly. More. Exactly. Yeah, there's no in between. I either need to feel nothing or like it got to be a good feeling, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, that's how I felt when when I took like the pills, like it just it just changed everything for me. So I want you to take me back to the first time you because you did alcohol at 11, but then you you progressed eventually to crack. Right. Or. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, well, this is how it went down. I was in uh, I was 16. I was in the eighth grade. And the second time I ever smoked weed, I decided to smoke it in school. I was vice president of the of student council i was a cheerleader and um so it's i got caught holding it <laughs> so i couldn't have told you how to roll it i couldn't have told you where to buy it i couldn't have told you anything and um and i got caught with it so i got suspended and uh, immediately i lost all my friends i was the girl that nobody's parents wanted you know to hang out with even though their their kids are the ones that gave it to me <laughs> you know um so I had to find some friends, and I, so I went to the bad kids, you know, and all of a sudden, I was a bad kid, and I learned how to be bad all within a one month's time. From one month's time, I went from smoking weed. I had met a 24-year-old boyfriend. I went from mm -hmm. snorting cocaine to taking acid, going to Grateful Dead shows, selling cocaine. That's when I overdosed when I was 16, and um wow. Yes, and then when I was 19, uh, I, I was a librarian in the school system. I was also a um, kindergarten assistant the next year working in elementary K-6, through um, and I started doing cocaine again, and it progressed very quickly into crack. Um, so I don't remember the first time I did it. I just know that the first time I did it, I knew I was screwed. I knew my life was about to change right then, right there for the worse. And it did. And it took me immediately. Within a couple months, I lost my daughter. Well, I didn't lose her, but it was I was starting to. I was starting to, to go places and do things that I normally wouldn't do. I mean, I had a house. I had a car. I had all that. And... All of a sudden, my, you know, my, my values changed. I didn't care. And at first, it was kind of fun. At first, it was kind of like, yeah, I was super hot. <laughs> you know, yep. Like, this is what I've been looking for. I want, you know, I want my eyeballs pop all the way out of my head. Mm -hmm. 
and stay up for five days. Um, but it just, it progressed. And then when I actually did lose my daughter, I felt like I had nothing else to lose. And I just went balls to the walls. And it was, I started prostituting. I started, I stole a safe, a whole entire safe. Yeah, I was looking at 25 years for attempted safe cracking. Um, I did it. I stole it. and I, But I caught him. Somehow or another, I only received five years. I did a year in the penitentiary. Wow. Um, yes. In SNDC. It was a very long, long year. Was, how was that? Well, it was long, right? But, like, well, how was that experience? <laughs> well, you know what? Honestly, when you're 4'10", um, you don't get messed with because you're a punk if you mess with somebody my size. You know what I mean? Like, you, you just don't. I had no problem when I was in there, honestly. It, it was just missing my family and people on the outside and hating being there. Like, I was set up. I had a room. You know, I, I didn't have not one bad roommate. Not one the whole time I was there. The worst part of it, let me tell you the worst part of it. This And this was this is even horrible to talk about now. Is receiving when when you first get there. I went from the county the next morning. I thought first of all, I fell out in the courtroom because <laughs> he yeah. said two years. I thought he was going to say rehab. He said this Department of State Corrections. Oh like, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had no like what, and so yeah. That and the next morning they put they put me on a bus with two ladies with pump shotguns. And we get to the place, and they said, welcome to hell, ladies. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you get in, and it is the worst place you could ever imagine going in your entire life. Um, once you got your beds, you got your, your stuff, you're walking down, right, into this huge building, this huge concrete building. And you walk in, and I'm talking, there are three floors of concrete cells with women hanging out of them from every single plate. And they're going, here, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Oh, fresh meat, fresh meat. Baby, come get myself. Come get myself. Yeah, I'm going to teach you today, bitch. And and they yelled like that 24 hours a day. Your day started at 3 o'clock in the morning. You ate lunch. You ate breakfast at 4 o'clock in the morning, you ate lunch at 10, and you ate dinner at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And the, and you're you're in your cell the whole entire time. It was the most, like, I didn't even want to call home. Like, it was the worst experience ever. I saw a lady die there. Like, she fell out in line, and that was it. It, it was horrible. But when she, I feel like they kind of break you down to build you up, you know, because when you get to prison, mm. like, you get a little uniform, you get to go shopping for your stuff, you can wear makeup, you can curl your hair. And I was one of the lucky ones. Like, I had family that, that came and visited me. And, you know, and I wrote home all the time. My daughter actually still has all her letters from prison that I wrote her. That's the hardest part, is watching your kids, is when they take your kids, and your kids are screaming in the in the visitation room, and they're pulling mm-hmm. it from each other, and that is the most heart-wrenching sound and you never forget it and you will you think i guess i forgot it because i I lost him again you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah i got out of prison did pretty good for about 18 months and met another god 
you know, <laughs> another higher power. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay. um, so yeah, I've met another higher power that, and, and mind you, this whole time I always had a pill connect. When I was nine, I had a pill connect from the time I was 19. I had one crooked doctor, and, and at first it was kind of good, you know, there, there's some good areas through there. I had great sugar daddies, great ones that literally, yeah, I mean, paid my bills, and I got, actually got arrested with one of them. He was the head doctor of mental health. Um, wow. Yeah. And he got the head doctor of mental health. What is that like? The head doctor of mental health was my sugar daddy, and um, we lived in a huge, huge house. Like, I had my apartment on one side. Like, his wife had no idea on the other side. That's yeah crazy girl <laughs> so um i got arrested with him he called me in some xanaxes to my mom's name and my mom turned me in so um the news the news channels were like chasing me down um parked outside of the houses i mean it was a big deal in my small hometown I was on the 6 o'clock news. My dad's like, you couldn't have made the 5 o'clock news. You had to make the 6 o'clock news. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that was really crazy. I have a list of felonies this long. Um, mm. I got my arrest record recently. It was 72 pages. Holy crap. <laughs> <That> <laughs> you wouldn't fantastic. think. Like, people look at me and they're like, well, you don't look like that. And I'm like, you just don't know. Like, I was ratchet. And, you know, that was when it was all, it wasn't fun, but, you know, there were still more fun times in, um, in there. And, and throughout that time, my mom had my children, so, and they lived not that far from me. So I kind of kept it together, you know, because I would go and see them and I looked like I had it together, <laughs> even when I didn't. And I would make sure that I wasn't high when I went there and stuff like that, you know. But the pills, man, the pills, they paid my bills for, for a long time. So, and they, and they made it easy for me to be an addict because I always could, hey, let me swap this out. Or the, everybody knew on the first, I was getting my check and my pills. So, mm -hmm. she was popular on the first. I would have been at your door and calling your phone real quick. Smart about it. Like, I only had like four people. I had one guy, you know, that I got my dope from, and then I had a couple friends that I would, you know, like you, you would have been one of them. I would have kept pills for you, you know, here, well, I got you this amount for this week. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to put you these back and you just pay me when you can. And as long as we stand in good standing and then, and, and it was like a business and that's how I ran it. Um, but then my family moved, my kids and my mom moved to Kentucky, which is where I live now. And that's when I just, I was like, I'm about to really mess myself up real good. And and I did. That's when the heroin came in. I had played with meth here and there. Meth was not, like not really my thing unless it was free. And um, I didn't really go out and search for it or if it was the last resort of something to put in my body because I had to have something every day. There, there was not, I, I can't remember a day that went by that I was sober. Um, so, but there at the end, when, when, when my kids moved to Kentucky, Maine, I didn't have anything else to, to stand, to be, to try and look like I had it together for, you know? And 
I just, I thought it was the end of the end. And I got with another one of my higher powers. And, um, and he was, he was the worst. You know, he was physically abusive. I mean, he was 6'3", I'm 4'10", he put my head through a wall. <laughs> through, a, through a plaster wall. Um, he did some serious horrible stuff. And then I let him, he was a narcissist. I didn't even know what that word was until I went to therapy. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? Like, you, you don't put the words to what was going on, right? Like, at the time, I'm sure you didn't think of the word narcissist. I do want to touch a little bit about, like, that relationship because it seemed very bad. Um, and you mentioned... Horrible one. Horrible. From the moment I met him, he was, he was um, a crack dealer, which, of course, was, you know, I thought that was great. At first, at first, <laughs> at first, until he also had a pill addiction. Um, so you know, he love bombed me at first. I'm the best, you know, I'm what he's been looking for all his life. You know, I'm his number one. He's he's never met anybody like me. Then, come to find out a year into it, he had I had been paying, I thought he had kids and some more stuff. And I've been helping pay and pay his child support that he didn't even have. He had a whole nother girlfriend <laughs> and, and yeah, no kids. And I'm the dumb. I stayed with him even through everything. But I was at this point, I was so screwed up. I didn't know whether I was coming or going. I was shooting. Um, I was shooting my pills. I was shooting. I mean, I was getting K4 Dilaudids, like mm. 240 of them a month. And I mean, and I just kept those just to shoot. Just yeah. that. And he would make me feel like I was really crazy, you know, like, like I'm imagining things. And I would question myself, like, maybe I really am. And, and I was so good to him. I just couldn't figure out why I can't make this man love me. Like, surely if I do this, he'll love me. Now, it never, you know, occurred to me to get away from him. So I stayed with him through um, a prison bed. He did a prison bed, got out. It was good for like a month. <laughs> and then went back. Um, well, then he started smoking crack and it really got bad. Yeah, it really got bad. So it went, um, from just me doing it to both of us doing it. And I paid all the bills and, and, you know, the only good thing was, was, I guess, physically was the only person I had ever really been with in my life that I actually enjoyed it you know and i thought that was love i thought that sex was love um i had hated it up until then i guess because i had used my body in so many ways that just made me feel disgusting and i always felt gross i always felt disgusting so but with this man i ended up sleeping in the woods not a, not even in a tent i'm talking sleeping on leaves um i slept in this i stayed in the shed that and I, I think I did a video about it one time. I have scars up and down my back where bugs ate at my back, and um, wow. yeah, it was the worst, most disgusting place you you could ever even imagine. I can't even think. I, I wouldn't even want to step foot in that place now. Nevertheless, sleep there. You know, I tried to. I literally would go steal off every like every other day. And put cans off on me before I went to sleep. So that maybe, or before I passed out, I never just went to sleep. Um, 
or I passed out drunk because I had I had a credit at the liquor store. I traded the, the guy at the liquor store out pills every month. <laughs> it was a little barter system in this little town, you know. Wow. Um, but it was a horrible relationship. And I think when I finally got away from him is I knew he was cheating again. Um, and I found out that not only was he cheating on me with a girl, this time it was with a guy also. Well, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. So I was just like, wow, are you for real? Like I had, it just, that was it. That was all, that's all I could take. Not that I had any problem with it, you know, if he was, but like, how was I that blind? You know, how did I miss all that? And that's when I kicked him out. Finally, I kicked him out. So this kind of brings me to where the day I think everything turned around for me. Um, I'm sitting in this trailer that I had. Um, it's a dilapidated trailer. I tried to make it look decent, but, you know, all my money was going to drugs. I didn't have time to buy things that I, you know, flowers and stuff. I worked in the yard, though, but I, <laughs> um, all my money went to drugs. And I was sitting in this room, Ronnie, and I looked around. And when I'm in to tell you, I felt this blanket of darkness all around me. And I looked around and I, I remember and I said it out loud. I said, I can't even talk. And I couldn't even speak. I had nobody to talk to except for the heroin dealer that lived in the other end of my trailer. Um, I said, I can't even talk. And right then, something broke in me. And I started right then thinking, I think God heard me. I'd, I, there was, I could, there was nowhere else I could go. I was at my lowest. And it still took two more years. But I quit the needle because I came and visited my kids. But it was slow. It was a slow progression. And, um, and I was still just drinking. You know that... I'm doing good, man. I'm just drinking, <laughs> you know. I tell you. <laughs> and, you know, oh, I'm just drinking. Well, I did that pretty successfully. I started getting my life back together, and I started seeing that I wanted something for my life. And I started seeing that I wanted, I started becoming more involved in my kids. And I started seeing that I wanted to be a better person. And um, and I just really that day that that darkness was around me. When I mean to tell you, like it, it was vivid. It was very vivid and heavy, and I felt it starting to lift. And I felt it starting to lift. But I knew deep down that I was going to have to have a program. Um, and I knew because I had gone to rehab a million times, and so I had you know a little bit of that that knowledge in the back of my head. But I knew it was going to take a program. And I knew I was going to have to do a complete, complete change. I couldn't do just a little bit. I was going to have to change my entire life. Mm -hmm. And um, so I ended up, I had gotten an apartment with this lady who I thought would be an upstanding person to live with. And I had gotten some furniture back. And, you know, I, I've always been really, really blessed. You know, God has always blessed me with things. And, um... I, I started having, you know, making some contacts and, like I said, working back with my kids. 
And um, she came home on a Tuesday and told me that we were evicted on a Friday. And I was like, what? And she works for the apartment complex. That's why I had no problem giving my, my money to her. Like, I gave my money to her to pay the rent. Well, she worked for them, so I thought she was a, I thought she was solid. Well, she wasn't. Um, come to find out, we were getting evicted on Friday, and I just, I, my plan was to go to Tennessee, and um, so two days later, I packed one suitcase. I lost everything that I had. I mean, everything again, and I packed one suitcase and hitched a ride to Tennessee. <laughs> To go stay with another higher power. That lasted two days. And I called my mom and I begged her, please, I, I really, I, I got to come there and to Kentucky. So um, she, she gave me the money for a bus ticket and that's how I got to Kentucky. And yeah. it was a month. It took me a month. Well, about two weeks of drinking here before I fell flat on my ass and... In front of a whole, you know, everybody knows I'm a soccer mom. <laughs> and, um, I literally tripped over a trash can and fell in front of the whole audience at soccer. Drunk. And I knew right then I had embarrassed my family. I embarrassed my son. And there was a kid over here who had never even been here before. I got in a fight with my daughter, my 18-year-old. She put me in on the side of the road. And at, at that point, I had I was homeless, and I knew I was going to kill myself. So I was like, "I need help! I need help right now!" And my mom took me to the um, mental institution detox for two days. I got out, and I went to another place for two days where it was buckle down, give you Epsom salt in a trash can detox. Yeah, it was hardcore. I said, I'm leaving here. <laughs> so my mom let me come home on, on a Monday. And lo and behold, my son's soccer coach is in AA. And, um, wow. and talked to my mom and told me about the program that saved his life. And told me I needed to hook up with it. And it's, it's because I'm dual diagnosed bipolar also. Um, that he got me, he told me about this program. I called him every day for two weeks, and it was during the pandemic, so we're on lockdown. So I did my intensive outpatient therapy by Zoom. Wow. <laughs> so my room up here, what you see up here, was my rehab. <laughs> and I did it for two months, four hours a day. I mean, that that's... I love the connection of like, you know, you fell on, you fell over it during the soccer practice where I made a crazy stunt. But in that moment, there was someone connected to recovery. I, I, it's like beautiful. Like it, it is. God has been so good to me, man. And I, and I serve a loving God. Like my God loves everybody. He doesn't care if you're straight, if you're gay, if you're white, if you're black, it doesn't matter, you know? And that's the guy that, that that put that soccer coach right there because he saved my life, you know. Mm -hmm. And he told me he's like, just give it a chance. And my 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 counselor called me the hot mess express. <laughs> he said he said I just and he told me since and he said I didn't think you were going to make it a week. He said I was hoping, but 
I was I was something serious. I couldn't even sit. I was like this the first day. I was like, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he started telling me about myself, and I and you know, and I started listening because. I'd be mad, and I'd have to go back the next day, and I'd be like, "Man, you're right." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ah. And I started, and I did, and I did an extensive first up, got a sponsor, um, started doing Zoom meetings. I went to like 180 meetings in 90 days. Um, I did, they were like 90 and 90. I was like, "Nah, I'm an overachiever, man. <laughs> I, I got to do more than that. I might need a little extra." And and I didn't I knew nobody up here. I knew I didn't know anybody in Kentucky but the people in my house. So I got on Facebook looking for rides to meetings, but there were some like cool um illegal meetings going on up here. Um there's five hundred meetings yeah. in Louisville. And during the pandemic they'd have some like this place called the warehouse where they weren't supposed to be having it, but I just thought that was so cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> all these addicts and all about they're just trying to yeah. make you know, exactly. and I met some of the coolest people and I started TikTok. I started TikTok right when I got, um, right when I went to treatment and I was doing it like to, okay, like pass the time, anything. And then I saw recovery Mike's, um, his live and he was the first creator. And I looked at him. And I said, I want to do that one day. I, I want to do that one day. And I would just jump on people and I started making content and I started like doing, doing duets with you. And I started realizing, man, these people are having fun. You know what I mean? They're having a good time. And I wanted to have fun too, because I'm all about a good time. That is so beautiful. I mean, yeah, like that's crazy to, to think that because during a pandemic too, that's when you started your recovery and that's that was a very i don't know like because that was like my first year like getting sober like during the pandemic and i thought it was incredibly challenging because like you said you had to go like to them secret meetings like there's just a lot of elements uh, of recovery that happens that were stripped away at that point so it was a little more challenging and you still made that time to go to those meetings, not 90 and 90. She doubled that. You doubled that. And you and you did and you got through some steps and you connected even online, right? And that's where like you met more people. And and the connections that I made through the recovery community on TikTok literally changed my life, man. You can't say TikTok doesn't. It will get you sober, but it will help you stay sober. You know, it, as long as it's what you put in, you get out what you put in out of anything. And you know what I mean? So if I want to make good connections and which is what I do, I jumped on people's, you know, I, I was commenting, I was, I, I was in their deals. I was on their lives. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do this too. And, and it's because I had to have that connection. You know, I have to feel a connection with, with other people and, it's just been a, it's been a wild ride, man. It is, and now yeah, I've got like man. I've got like seventy two thousand followers, and you know people that really just that reach out to me, you know, mm -hmm. and people who tell me that I helped them get sober, and I'm like, man, what? I can't even wrap my head around that. You know, like I'm their inspiration, I'm their role model, man. Nobody's ever would have said that about me before, you know. Ever. That's crazy. But like to think about it, right? Like you were out there for 34 years. You've clearly have gone through some in 
horrible darkness, right? And now there's people that look up to you. And, and I'm proud of that, that you have such a big following too, because you have such a genuine like glow. And like, I think that's so important. And like, it's such a beautiful thing to watch. I wonder, how does it feel though? I know you, you're you like, what? I can't even believe it. But like, how does it feel like knowing that people are looking up to you and asking you for suggestions on on how to make it through like you did? How does that make you feel? Amazing. It makes it worth it. You know, it makes, um, it makes me feel more confident. It helps me hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really helps me hold me accountable. Um, Mm-hmm. But it it really it makes me feel amazing because you know I I did the work and I did a yeah. lot of work and I, I I put the time in you know and I do work every day I work a program every single day so I feel confident if, you know I might not know a whole lot about a lot of things but if there's one thing I know a lot about is drugs and and I, I do know how to help with withdrawals i do know how to help with withdrawal symptoms i do know what to do with cravings you know i do know how i can tell you from my experience you know mm-hmm. and if you can get it i can't tell you what to do but i can show you what worked for me 100 percent, 100 percent. i i just that's what i love about uh recovering drug addicts and alcoholics right because we go through this very dark moment in our lives and in the moment most of us really feel like damn like i ain't gonna get out of this how is this gonna work and then fast forward to now right you through that darkness you are changing people's lives through your experience because you've gone through that right you know exactly what they're feeling what they're going through and it's an inevitable type of like blessing and that's how i feel like it's truly god's work so really quick talking about higher power right how important do you think it is to have a higher power while you're in recovery man i could i think it's number one for me and people ask me what do i do pray pray number one what do i do when god became my best friend and when I mean to tell you, God does everything for me. I asked him to pick me out something to wear. Okay, he must have made that decision for me. I, I, I include God with everything. And I talk to God. I have a conscious contact with God all day long. You know, and I think for me and for, for me, it was the most important thing, period. Hands down, you know what I mean? I couldn't have gone to step to any other steps without, without God. Was, was your connection, or should I say, was your awareness of a higher power like that while you were in active addiction? Or do you Yeah, think and I was one of these people, I would pray for other people even when I was using. I'd be like, I'd help them out, and I'd be like, well, God wants you to do this. But I wouldn't even do it for myself. I'd be like, oh, we're not going to talk about me right now. We're talking about these people. So <laughs> 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 We're trying to help yeah. them, not me. <laughs> so. And he knew, like, when I was ready, I was going to be ready. But, yeah, I would cry out to God. And I kept, I was mad at God because I was like, man, you can take the taste out of my mouth. Why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing this? And and it was all in his time. And I feel, honestly, it's so I can help. Because I didn't quit everything cold turkey. Wanted it, you know, all at once. I did it one at a time, a million times. And, and I've been through so much and so many different things that so many different people can relate to it you know so many people different people can relate to my story because uh you know i wasn't just a heroin addict. I, I, I wasn't just a cocaine addict i wasn't just an alcoholic i 
you know, I've been through sexual abuse, domestic violence, you know, the whole realm. So there's a lot of people that can, and I think it was to help other people. 100%. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, and not that I think, I know that it was to help other, other people. And there's a lot of people that just can relate to my story. Yeah, like I honestly didn't even know that you were in a uh, physically abusive relationship. I relate to that. I mean, I, I was in one for five years um, and drugs were involved and I too just couldn't leave. Like it, it it's so difficult. So I wanna ask you like, what kind of advice would you say? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of little uh, like, there's a lot of men and, and women in these type of situations, right? Where there is drugs involved and where they are um, infatuated and in love with their partner, but they're getting physically abused. What kind of advice do you have for them? Mentally too. That's just as bad. They break you down. Yes. And make you think you're crazy. And then you feel like you're crazy, you know? Yes. Like I honestly, if I if I if I compare the physical or the mental abuse, I personally I really do think that the mental abuse was way more um, horrible than the physical. I think so. Way. I think so too. Because you know, let me tell you, this is why. Because bruises heal, words don't. Mm -hmm. You know, those bruises are gonna clear up, and but you don't forget those words. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. You know. But my advice to what were you saying with somebody that is still in it? Yeah. It's just put yourself first. Put yourself mm -hmm. first. Think about yourself and and just know that that there is help out there. Just reach out. You know, there are there's there's shelters. I've been in the, the domestic violence shelter for women. Um, you know, there are places to go. There are people that can help you and just reach out because you can't it, it's really very hard to do by yourself you know it's and most of the time the best thing to do is move and have no contact zero contact you know you can't just say oh well i'm gonna read your text <laughs> because those texts start playing in your mind and then you'll be right back it's a lot like a drug too like um a, a a dynamic like that and like a relationship it's a lot like a drug i remember like i felt like like i needed the person right just like the drugs i did too like totally drug. addicted to him 100 mm -hmm. he was he was my drug mm -hmm. and i used to tell him that i'm addicted to you and i mean and that's why when he'd be gone i'd be you know calling him every five seconds where are you what are you doing you know <laughs> Same. <laughs> Who are you with? Not to ever tell me the truth, but you know, Literally. tell me another lie. <laughs> Please, I believe it. I believe all of them. You know, all of them, and do. <laughs> I mean, it's just really wonderful to like watch you now and to think that you went through all of that. So, it, what is your sobriety date again? Eleven one twenty. Eleven one twenty. So, in Ooh. that span of time, right, girl? You better kill it. Like that's amazing. Has it, have you ever had moments in sobriety that were like challenging, I guess, to where oh, you yeah. felt it was in danger? Um, yeah, I lost my best friend in sobriety. Um, he, when I left South Carolina, he was just doing pills. And five months later, I get a call and he overdosed on heroin. Um, that was really tough. 
That was tough. And there have been a couple couple of deaths that have made it hard for me. But the beautiful thing for me in sobriety is that I moved away from all the trap houses. I moved away from all the, you know, all the connects. I changed my phone. I changed Facebook pages. I changed it all. And I only keep people, if you cannot enhance my life, I don't need you in it. If you don't, if you can't do something, you know, or I can do something for you, you know what I mean? And it's positive and everything I know up here is recovery. Everything. I don't know anybody that is not in recovery. I have just, I've surrounded myself with that. And, and for the most part, I mean, like I said, I have bad moments. I don't have bad days. I love that. I love that so much. That's amazing that you're able to do that. I struggle with that. Like I struggle with like, um, when I have bad moments, I, I, I turn them into days and that's one of my struggles. So immediately find something really... to be grateful for. Okay. Immediately when you start being like down and you're like, man, this sucks. And it immediately I flip it. I flip those thoughts. My sponsor taught me to do that. And it did come. It didn't come. I had to practice, practice, practice. Okay. And you flip your, you flip that thought and you find something you're grateful for. And that's it awesome. starts, it does. And, and you start practicing and doing it and it works, man. And it's good to note that it's practice. It's good to note that you say it's practice because, you know, I'm probably going to try it or people are going to try it. And But like it, it's a, like a muscle, right? Like you have to, like the more you do it. Mm-hmm. What yeah. else helps you? What else helps you maintain your, your sobriety? Oh, going to meetings. Meetings, staying connected, mm-hmm. staying connected, you know, with my support group here, staying connected online um, and helping other people help my sobriety. You know, giving it away. When I give it away, then I can keep it. You know, and I get so much love that my cup runneth over. So I have love to give back, you know. And for me, like, I don't know. I am just one of these people. I have a huge, huge heart. And I love to love people. I love to love on people. And so that is one of the things that helps keep me sober is giving love, showing love. Mm -hmm. So connection. Meetings. Connection, meetings, therapy. Therapy. Therapy is I important. love that you mentioned therapy. And there's so, free therapy almost everywhere. Okay. Um, if you look up free therapy, if you need therapy and you need, and you want to go to therapy and you can't afford it, Google free therapy near me, mm. and it'll find somewhere. Because I got so no excuses, no excuses, no excuses. I like how you bring up therapy because I think I've been. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of um, sobriety stuff and things like that, but I, I always like really just because I go through this, just because I go through like where I'll stop kind of going to meetings or I'll stop kind of doing work and I can feel it. And, and that's why I think it's so important for people to know that just getting in my experience, of course, <clears throat> that just getting clean and getting sober, it's amazing, right? But I think it's so important to make sure you attach yourself to things like therapy, connecting yourself with other people. I, I had somebody, my therapist explained going to meetings to me like this. He said, if the doctor told you that you had to go, that you had a disease that, was, that wanted to kill you and you had to go an hour a day to the hospital and get a treatment, would you go? And I was like, yeah. He was like, well, it's the same thing. You have a disease that wants to kill you. You need to go get your treatment. It's one hour a day. And I was like, wow, it's true. 
It is true. It's true. So how do your kids feel about you now? Like you're a TikTok star and that like you're sober and shining. Like how do they feel about that? They love having their mom, you know, back in their life. And especially a sober, especially a sober TikTok mom, you know, I'm, I'm like the cool mom now. And I'm not just the cool, crazy mom, you know, cracked out crazy mom. <laughs> and um, I, they, I, they just love having me because I give them my time. You know, I don't have a lot of money to give them, but they get my time. And I have three. So, you know, we all live in the house together which is awesome <laughs> you know we all live with it's it's me there's five of us well six with the baby so it's my three kids me and my mom and the grandbaby and um it works out because we got three stories <laughs> and so the, the, yeah so it works out um and i'm you know i'm a stay-at-home mom but they know if they need me mom's there Mama's coming. Well, what you need? <laughs> you know what I mean? They they get my time. You know, my son's an athlete. He gets massages after he has soccer practice. You know what I mean? Because I do that. And there's, you know, I found out it doesn't take a lot of money to make your kids happy. They just want you. They just want you. It doesn't matter what you've done. People are like, my kids will never forgive me. Blah, 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 blah. Well, try them. I bet they will eventually. And if not, then that's on them you know my kids are my best friends they're amazing i've got really cool kids <laughs> like really cool kids that's awesome i just have to tell you that i think um it's just like really beautiful like you being a sober mom i always get like really soft when i hear stories of like a sober parent because you know like for me i like my my dad like it, it struggles with with this disease and like that, and that's one thing I want. And like, I think we, like all of them want that. So like to see you, it's just so beautiful. And, and I'm sure they, they're they so happy to just, just be able to like be a part of your life in that way. So as I hit my year, they could breathe again. You know, they, they knew I was gonna do it. You know, they, and, and they, they're my biggest cheerleaders. You know, they really are. They, they're, they're team mom all the way. And I also want to show, I want to show parents that their kids can get sober. And I want to show kids that their parents can get sober. You know what I mean? I want to yeah. be the person that, I want to be the aunt, the the sister, the cousin, the mama, the, you know, the grandma. The one people look at and say, oh, this is my family member, or this is my friend, or this is my significant other. And I want to be a ray of hope for them, you know? 100%, because this is a family disease. You know, if once if someone goes through it, we are going through it. Okay, <laughs> so it, it, and it's true. Like, it, it, recovery is definitely possible. You know, what kind of advice actually do you have for someone that is newly into like this whole world? Let's just say they just open up TikTok, they're in active addiction, and they start they see you, or they see somebody else. Right? They're like, wow, you can get sober. What kind of advice do you have for them? on getting sober my first advice right i would have to say is get a program um and my the first well i get asked this question all, all the time like or how did you do it or, or what would you do or i'm struggling what do i need to do and the first thing i say i ask them what are they struggling with and do they need to go to detox i suggest medical detox because detoxing at home is really hard and sometimes very dangerous um 
And then I, I suggest a program and then I suggest to them that, you know, a 12 step program, mm-hmm. you know, it's not traction or promotion, but I do work a 12 step program. Same. 100%. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fully open for all recovery paths. But like I always yeah, say, absolutely. I strongly suggest a path that allows you to connect and work on yourself. That is. And I do, I do suggest time. getting connected, getting connected. And then, you know, and that's what I always ask. And if you're not willing to do a program and you want to do it yourself and at home, okay, get connected. And I, I, I send them to people like you. I send them, these are the creators you need to go check out and watch. And it's, it's always, it's usually you, Recovery Mike, APTV. You know, oh, you know, we, we love, love them. them. <laughs> the whole gang. I, I hope I get to meet you one day. Who have I met? I, I've met Dizzy. Who else? Who else have I met? Uh, I don't know. I've met a few people from TikTok, not even creators. Like when they say, hey, I'm in Arizona. I'm like, all right, let's go to a meeting. I'm down to meet there. So if you're ever in Arizona, girl. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking um, I've got this surgery coming up. I'm having major back surgery um, coming up probably at the beginning of April. I fell in a restaurant up here. And um, yeah, and I have a lawsuit because the, it was their fault and I'm going to have to have back sur- major back surgery because of it. So, um, but after that, I have a friend from, um, Tucson and that wants me to come. So I'll be in Arizona. Um, I say definitely within the next year, I'll meet you. Okay. I'll well, when you it. come, I'm here, girl, I'm here. Okay. Right. So you mentioned you're going to have a back surgery. If I had that news, I'd be really scared. <laughs> um, right. it will be my, it will be my third. So, okay. So you're this one. This one, I'm 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 pretty concerned about though. I'm not as young as I was, you know, Mm -hmm. like when I had my other ones, and I'm in so much pain all the time. I'm just ready for it to be over. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm. It just happened in December. At the end of December. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The day before New Year. No, New Year's Day. (laughs) New Year's was it? No, it was New Year's night. Yeah. And um. I went to go get some chips and salsa, man, and hit the greasy floor, and chips went everywhere, and that uh, was all she wrote. So, yeah, crazy. it totally messed my life up for quite a while, because it's going to be a pretty, you know, a hard recuperation. Mm-hmm. And then I got to start that mental obsession with pills again. I got to take I'm going to have to. You can't have rods and pins put in your back. Yeah, so, yeah, so I want to talk about that because, uh, like, for me, like I said, I'm scared, right? Because I, I think, well, until it happens to me, I will be in that situation. But I had um, a very close person to me in recovery, and I had to kind of, like, take care of them. And they took, they had to, because they were in insane amount of pain, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it, it can totally be done, like, you know what I mean? Um, I had to have it when I had my mouth surgery. Um and all I did was I gave it, I gave them to somebody else to hold. My mom held them for me and dispensed them for me. And I worked with my sponsor with them, you know, mm-hmm. like I just, it's being open and telling on yourself and ha- having somebody else hold you accountable because you can't give me the bottle because look, I'm hurting real bad. Oh, I might as well t- take two. You know what I mean? No. And then that's where you start to feel something from it. When you, when I feel that's when I'm in trouble, mm-hmm. man. There we go. That disease of more kicks in. That's true. No, yeah, I I wouldn't be able to do it by myself. I think you mentioned good things like being accountable, right? And and working right. with being open and sharing it with like your yeah. sponsor. I think those are good ways to go about it. 
Um, because I would, I honestly, I would probably, oh, my back hurt a little too much. I'm going to need one more, yeah. one yeah. more before, See, and I before know the myself, four hours. <laughs> I know myself enough to know that I I, I would, even with the, with the sobriety I have right now. All right, there you You know what I mean? But there's a total difference here, too. Like, that's one thing I realized. Like, I was a little mad. It was my partner. He, he was going through it. And I'm like, I was a little jealous. Right. I was giving him the pills. I'm oh. like, ooh, you lucky little bitch. You lucky right. little bitch. Yeah. But I didn't realize, like, this significant amount of, like, it, it was massive pain. It wasn't <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, hell, you don't even, it's not stuff. even fun because it <laughs> like, just takes your pain away. You take them yeah. as directed and they, they work as they're supposed to. <laughs> if even, if, if they even take the pain away, girl. <laughs> like, right. That that's part. crazy, though. I'm so proud of you, though. I know Thank that you, you have I'm to. I'm so proud of you off here but let me think of a few more things i guess i guess like what what are you looking forward to in in your sobriety or do you have any like plans that you're manifesting i am just not really right now um right now i'm just trying to get through this back surgery man that's really it now um i'm just trying to get get through and take it one day at a time one day at a time, baby. That's right. Yes, that, sir. One, yes, sir. that one helps me out. That one helps me out because right. all you can focus on is what's right in it's front today. of you. Right. Yep. Exactly where you need to be. So. All right. Well, do you have any? Do you have any other thoughts that you want to share? No, baby. Just that I just I love you, and I'm super proud of you and what you're doing. I think it's amazing. I love that that you have such a wide community, and you're so diverse, and you're reaching so many people. And I I love this. And I, I love this, man. Love this. I love, love that we got. Yeah, I love that we sober now. Yes, it's yeah. crazy. We doing big things over here, like just being awesome. ourselves. We don't know how mm -hmm. we don't realize how many people we help out. So mm -hmm. thank you so much again for You're allowing welcome, me mm -hmm. to like talk to you really quick. Um, You're welcome. You have an amazing day. You Stay too. Connected, all right. Absolutely. With me, like I, you got my number. I look and don't think I won't use it. <laughs> Please use it. Please. All right, baby. Have all a right, great day. Care, love. All bye. right. Bye bye. Love you. Love you. Girl, Miss Meredith. I appreciate her so much. Um, I think she's an absolute joy. And it's so crazy to like think about like the first time I saw her on TikTok up to now. Things definitely change. And it's just a true testament on how powerful connection can be. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. And uh, one more game. We sober now, baby. Yeah.